0: I think that's the most important part. You you look at your competitors, you go, what are they doing? Who's who's being successful? And how can I be? Hello, and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host Todd Exeter. With me, as always, on these Wednesdays, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing excellent. How about you, Todd?
0: Man, doing fantastic. Um, yeah, nothing to complain about too much. Uh, you know, the year's taking full stride. So, at that, the uh, that's all fun. We've got a lot of a lot of the kids' activities going on right now. So that's that's been a lot of fun. And yeah, just uh, hitting the year hard. Good,
1: good. Yeah, I'm just about to attend a uh, raise fest, which is a uh... A conference on you know raising private capital for uh for in my case for real estate and sure. uh, uh, I think if you're trying to get serious about real estate you really need to start attending conferences if you haven't already
0: yeah I agree I think that's uh that's valuable we you know the North Star real estate conference uh, we've kind of taken a different approach this year um, and so we've got a quarterly kind of lunch slash dinners that we're doing. And we got a, a one coming up here on January 25th uh, that people can sign up for. So it's uh, Northstar North live. They can go to that, that that'll be a great event. Um, but yeah, just, just attending conferences. I mean, speaking at a, a conference, um, well, it, it'll already be done by the time this gets uh, aired, but it, speaking at a conference tomorrow, uh, multifamily, local, uh, one. So I think, uh, you, you know, you gotta, yeah, you gotta get out there. You gotta attend conferences. It's not only is, are you going to get good content that you're going to learn, but you're going to meet people. That's probably or not probably, that is the most valuable thing about attending these conferences. You're going to meet uh, really good people that are, you know, going to be uh, potential really good connections for you in, in your business. So, um, yeah, hundred percent get, get out to the conferences. So that's exciting that you'll be there. Hopefully you'll learn a lot and meet some great people. Yep. I expect so. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, cool. Um, with that said, Matt, what are we going to be talking about today?
1: Well, uh, the first thing I am curious uh, regarding Airbnb, you know, uh, I know we have a lot of Airbnb investors that listen to this podcast and, uh, we only talk about it once in a while, but, uh, I noticed recently that the the bookings and Airbnb rentals has gone way down this year as compared to last year. Like people are not renting Airbnbs like they used to, and plus, is that,
0: uh, is that because people are just traveling a little bit less right now because they're worried about the economy, or is do you know is travel I, down or is travel up?
1: I think travel is up compared to last year at least. You know because of uh, COVID. Are, yeah, bookings. Well, uh, there's a lot more competition. I think sure. there's a lot more Airbnb uh, available, you know, yeah. of units available and than I there used to be. I know a
0: lot more people that have gotten into Airbnb or, or short-term rental, mm-hmm. right? A, a lot of people have gotten into the short-term rental. So yeah, you're probably right. It's they, They've kind of flooded the industry with a lot more properties. I mean, I've talked to several people uh, that are doing short-term rental developments um, that have just you know just, just a lot more people that have been buying them you see it more and more it feels like
1: yeah i mean it's easy to get into especially if you're doing arbitrage or arbitrage because you, like you're renting a, a unit from somebody else and then re-renting that on airbnb or, oh, sure. or whatever. So you
0: don't even need really much money at all you need a yeah. down down payment and that's about it
1: yeah and then the first furniture or whatever you know yeah. um yeah so it's it's a lot easier to, uh, for some people to get into than other types of real estate but uh uh, yeah, so there's more units on the market, and then also there's been this—I you know, don't know—bad press on the internet of like people just being really frustrated with uh, all the you know that fees and cleaning fees yeah. and you yeah. know occupancy fees, and so it's, it's uh, become mm-hmm. uh, you know more expensive than it used to be essentially. And then uh, you know some uh, hosts have like a big long cleaning list, and so people are like, you know, I, well, I could just stay in a hotel, and then there's aren't these extra fees, and plus I don't yeah. have to clean the room before I leave.
0: Yeah, that I certainly frustrated. I I do a lot of short-term rentals. where you know, that's great for my family because, you know, you get a hotel room and we've got two kids. And so you got this hotel room with two beds and it's kind of just, you know, you're in the same room and the kids go to bed at a different time than we do. So it's kind of a pain. So we oftentimes do short-term rental, but I agree, man, The, 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 the extra fees, you know, it takes a long time to search through and find a property where you're not feeling like you're getting you know, just taken advantage of by these fees. And then you know, the thing that irritates me uh, with a lot of these sites and Airbnb included is like, it's like, okay, this is, you know, $300 a night. And then you go to click into it. And it's like, after the fees, it's 500 bucks a night. Well, now I got to go out and I would go to do this one. Well, this one's 385 a night. You Click into that. You're like, well, now that's it. This one's only 425 a night. You know, this one's cheaper than the cheaper one because they have less fees involved. And so the other thing I, I do and, and you know, whether this is good or bad is I go to the Airbnb site and, and then uh, if there's any, I, I will take, uh, I will look at Airbnb, compare that to VRBO and then compare that a lot of times to like Vacace, Vacasa, 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 however you say that one. Um, and then sometimes there's even other sites that you can go to as well. Um, and a lot of times if you look as you're reading the description, it'll actually say this property is probably managed by so-and-so and you can go directly to their website. You can book it for a lot less a lot of times. So I, I don't book a, oftentimes I don't book through Airbnb I'm booking through a third party, a different website completely to get, you know, all together.
1: And then to Airbnb's credit, they are trying to be more transparent with the fees to give you like the total price before taxes up front, uh, you know, more so than they used to at least. But uh, even so, it's it's a tough market right now for Airbnb investors. So I think uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you have to like, repurpose your airbnb potentially you know I, I like the idea if you're near a hospital uh to do kind of midterm renting like a month at a time uh to if traveling nurses you know there's a lot to, of that going on right now and then plus uh you know if you're not supplying linens then uh you, you got no laundry to do uh, yeah. in between stays either
0: yeah and i think it's really important if you are an air uh airbnb you know short-term rental uh host and you are in a market where you know you're seeing your occupancy dip, and it's a little bit more saturated. Try to do things to make yourself stand apart. You know, try try to create a better experience. Um, I'm I'm certainly always looking for something unique on properties. You know, so we were just in Utah, and for me, man the. The, one of the property we rented, it had a hot tub and it was as simple as it had a hot tub and a sauna. And I was like, this is cool. Like I'm going to rent there. So that's, I wasn't looking for anything crazy. Right. But that differentiated them from a lot of other properties that didn't have the hot tub. You know, it's hot tubs a little bit expensive, right? But if that allows you to get a lot more bookings, it might be worth it. And then a, the, a little sauna and you know, that sauna didn't cost them that much. It wasn't anything special. It was an outdoor sauna. And so a couple little things like that and boom, you've got potentially a great place. You know, you can do a lot of, a lot of things for fairly inexpensive to add some amenities to make this Airbnb vacation rental a little bit more attractive. I agree.
1: I mean, it's the same as like, uh, you know, restaurants that that want to succeed. You got to make an experience, something unique that, uh, you know, you know is a cut above the rest where you're like, well, I, I could go to anywhere for the cookie cutter sort of situation. But uh, to, for this unique experience of like, oh, I'm, I'm in a whole different
0: world right now. Uh, that's what sets you apart and gets you more bookings. How, how easy would it be, you know, Matt, just like thinking out loud right now, if you got a little bit of a property, it's got, you got a little flat spot. You got some concrete just to put a putting green out out there, you know, and, and have a couple of of putters that you just, you know, leave you know, and, and all of a sudden you got an experience, people can come in and they can use the putting green and it's just something simple like that. And and a couple little extra things and people love it. So I think just thinking a little bit outside the box and going, what can I do to make this a little more attractive? Um, is going to be helpful. And then like you said, like, Hey, what are my other opportunities? If if we're struggling with uh, the Airbnb, we're struggling with that short term. Can we do a midterm? You know, can, can we, can we rent, can we make it a corporate rental Um, those types of things? So, and you know, maybe sometimes it's just time to sell uh, as well. And so the sell the sale market, I, Depends on where you're at, but around here, it's still pretty good. If you're in a highly desirable neighborhood, it's still pretty good. And so, yeah, things aren't quite as frothy as they were uh, six months ago, but you're still going to sell your property for a nice price. So if, you're, if it's something you know where you're going, hey, I'm struggling now, maybe it's time to sell too. Yep. So. Perfectly fair. I'm not an Airbnb expert, so it'll you know, you do your own thing. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree. But uh, I mean, just like being any kind of entrepreneur, sometimes you have to, uh, you know, shift uh, to adjust to what the yeah, market uh, demands.
0: I, I think that's the most important part. You you look at your competitors, you go, what are they doing? Who's who's being successful? And how can I mimic that?
1: Yep, exactly. It's not like school where you get in trouble for copying. Like, <laughs>
0: you, you
1: know, other people have already done great things. You just do what they're doing and, and right. you're going to do well too. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I sometimes post on online forums to answer people's questions about real estate and stuff. And uh, one of my, some guy responded to me the other day and said, uh, and I was talking about syndication and he said, Oh, syndication is too risky to do. You know, you're better off just buying your own property. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think is syndication too risky?
0: Well, there's certainly risk involved. Um, You know, it's a, it's a real estate investment. So certainly there's risk involved. I would, I would, You know, obviously I'm biased because I do multifamily syndication, but I also own my own single family houses and I've owned duplexes and I've owned small apartments. And, you know, so I've kind of owned the gamut. And here's what I I would say. Multifamily syndication is, is risky in a couple of ways. First of all, you got an inexperienced operator, um, so there, there's risk there. You've got an operator that's maybe not being conservative, um, you know, so there's risk there. Uh, your assets purchased in a, in a bad area, there's a risk there. Um, the market takes a, a you know complete change uh, turn, and of course, there's risk there. So uh, they, they, you know, the, the, those are certainly risks. Okay. But same is true on the single family, the duplex, the small apartment building, whatever. There's risks there. Uh, You are buying it yourself. If you haven't bought a lot of properties, or you just don't have the time to dedicate towards it, you're your own risk, right? You are inexperienced. You're your own risk. You're going to make your own mistakes And you might say, well, yeah, I'm going to make mistakes, but but I'm going to, you know, improve. Well, certainly, but if you've got an experienced syndicator, they're probably going to make less mistakes, right? They're not going to make maybe as big of mistakes. They're not going to make mistakes that they might not be able to recover from. You know, that's the idea, of course. Again, everything's a risk still, but- you know, you're managing yourself potentially, or you hire a property management company. Well, now your risk is you hired a property management company. If you manage it yourself, your risk is that, do you really know what you're doing with management? You know, the legal laws. Do you, you know, do you know how to evict somebody? Do you know how to have a, present a, a, a correct least, you know, when to have the CRPs filled out. Will you, you know, you, do you know all these little things that have to go along with it. And if you say, well, I'm going to hire the third party, well, do they know all that? Are they good at doing that? Are, are you going to be able to manage that manager? So there's certainly a lot of risks on both sides. I would argue that there's more risk if you're going to be buying the property yourself, you're buying likely a smaller property. It's not going to be a 300 unit apartment building. There's definitely more risk with a smaller property. It's just how it is. There's less tenants. And with less tenants, one tenant creates a bigger problem when they leave, or if they're not paying rent, or if they're being disruptive. You know, if I've got 300 units, that one tenant just doesn't really do much. Um, we can get rid of them. We, you know, it just doesn't change the financial outlook of that property if I've got one, two, three, four, five tenants. But if I've got a, you know, a duplex and I've got one tenant that doesn't pay rent, now I'm getting fifty percent of my income. You know, so there's, there's definitely pros and cons to both. But uh, the other thing too, Matt, that I didn't mention is the debt. The debt is a huge one. If you're buying your own property, you are putting that debt in your own personal name. If you're buying into a syndication, what's at risk? Your money's at risk, but your credit's not at risk. You're not signing on the loan, and typically even if you even if they talked to you and said, "Hey, we need a, a key principle, would you be willing to sign on the loan? We'll give you a little bit more equity, blah blah blah." You're typically signing on a non-recourse loan. So even with that, typically you're having less risk. And so it's not going to affect your personal credit where, hey, if something goes wrong, not only are, are you going to lose your money, but you're going to destroy your credit if it's, you know, the property in your in your own name or in an LLC of yours too.
1: Yeah. I mean, even with a single family house that you buy with an LLC, you still have to personally guarantee through the LLC uh, to yeah. buy that. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing, look, if a tenant sues you, what if a tenant sues you? Okay, well, if it's your own property, they're going to sue you. Well, I've got an LLC. Okay, that maybe protects you. Maybe if, as long as they can't pierce the corporate veil, but if they can, well, then still you're liable. Well, what if I invest in a syndication? Well, guess what? They're they're suing the entity. It's like it's like them suing Walmart. They're not going after you as a stockholder in Walmart. They're going after Walmart Corporation. and so yeah, is your money at risk? certainly, but you you personally aren't at risk of being sued. Just your money is the what's what's again always at risk. And, and that's regardless both sides. So yeah, I don't know. I mean they they're, uh, I I'm fine with people thinking that uh, syndication is risky. Uh, that's fine. They just don't understand it. And, and it's, look, it's just not for everybody and that's it, and how it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you feel like you need to have full control of the deal, then, you know, syndication isn't right for you in that case, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, but if you, if you want to like keep on growing and like mitigate your risk or costs, like hundreds of units, the syndication is a great way to do that.
0: So Matt, I mean, this is, uh, this is different, right? It's not the exact same, but it's, you get my point here. Matt, are you safer flying your own plane or are you safer hiring a pilot to fly your
1: plane? Well, I've never flown a plane that wasn't like on a video game. So I'm going to say I'm better off hiring a professional pilot.
0: Yeah. You know, and again, it's not exact same, but it's, you know, you get my point with it, the pilot has experience they've got hours in the sky they know what they're doing they've operated this plane before they know what the gauges mean you all of a sudden are going in this maybe you read a couple books maybe you uh, even got on a simulator but you've never flown the plane before and now you're going to jump in the cockpit and you're going to take off and well what's what's riskier potentially you can do okay you can land the plane maybe it's a little bumpy along the way maybe you hit some turbulence but you know, maybe the landing is not quite perfect, but you do it. Okay. Or maybe you crash plane into a mountain because you don't know what you're doing, or you can't even take off off the ground because man, this is way more than what I ever expected. And so the pilot though, if you hire the right pilot, again, things can happen, right? There's still risk involved. Uh, the, the plane, you know, can have a mechanical breakdown, Um, you know, a, a massive storm can come through. And, you know, so there's things that can happen to disrupt that flight and to maybe even cause that flight to crash. But it's a lot less likely with a very experienced pilot, right? Than it is with just some guy that's learning how to fly, especially that doesn't have a lot of training.
1: Yeah, uh, professional, pilot you know, they have experience handling through uh, problems that are, are inevitable to come up from time to time. And they also have systems in place to be able to maintain it, whereas you just trying to figure it out on your own, uh, you know, you might make some mistakes. Like, like what if you uh, you know, have an LLC, but you only use one account for your personal and for your business together? <laughs> you know, that's very easy for the lawyers on the other side to pierce your corporate veil.
0: Yeah. Again, it's life, life and death as a, as a pilot. Right. But in, and we're not, so we're not talking the exact same thing, but a perfect example, like, look, I mean, if I, if I'm my own pilot, that's one thing, but if I'm my own pilot and mechanic, now I've got even more risk because if I don't know how to, be a mechanic. And and a lot of people, that's what they are with there's these houses. They want to be their own mechanic. They're the ones being the property manager. They're the ones doing the maintenance. They're the ones doing the evictions. They're the ones doing the leasing. They want to try to do it all. And so they're being the mechanic, they're being the pilot, they're trying to do it all. And now, now you got a way more risk involved and that's, that's what you avoid with the syndication. Plus you also look, most people that are buying single family houses, duplexes, you know, small small apartments have a nine to five job and that's where their attention is focused on. And that's probably where their attention should be focused on because they're probably making good money. That's how they got enough money to be able to buy that single family home. So instead of focusing on something else and taking your eye off the ball, why don't you keep your eye on the ball, focus what you're good at and what you maybe like, and then, you know, do a syndication on the side. That's very, very passive that you're relying on an expert to fly. The plane, right? So, uh, again, it's your own. It's not you have to do it this way, and you can't do it the other way. But you got to think about kind of where you're at, and you know what makes sense. And some people are just control freaks, and that's how it is, and and that's what they're going to be, and that's okay. And you know, I've been on both sides of the coin. I've
1: you know managed yeah, my too. own small multifamily and and I've uh, passively invested. My favorite kind of money to make is the kind of money I don't have to do any work for that just shows yeah. up in my bank account.
0: Yeah, it's great when a passive investment all of a sudden sells, or you are getting that mailbox money in, and it's like, man, this is awesome. this is awesome. So yeah, I've I've done both. I've invested uh, a lot of money. I mean, last year, I invested a lot of money into you know, passive investments in the last, you know, several years. I have, but I also am very active uh, as well. So you know, again, there's no there's no right or wrong answer here. Yeah,
1: it just depends on what your strategy is, what your goals are, uh, and but to say know.
0: syndication is riskier, I just it—that's just being naive. Right? Yeah, that, that's just not being educated, um, and you know, throw throwing that out there without really understanding it. So, well, I'll go back on that forum and tell that guy you said so. Yeah, maybe <laughs> so you can send him this podcast episode. Oh yeah, hey, we a- talked about this. Um, you know, and again, I would just challenge them to to get educated and to understand what syndication really is. And maybe even if, you know, if they want to take that risk, take 50 grand or, you know, maybe they can't even get into one for cheaper, but take 50 grand and invest it in in a multifamily or doesn't have to be multifamily, but in a syndication, making sure that they do their due diligence on the operator, right? Making sure it's their experienced operator has a good track record. I would challenge them to do that. Um, if they've got some money that they're willing to to take that risk with, and then come up with your opinion, right? then go hey i I don't like this passive investing and here's why, or hey, I guess I was wrong. I really like this passive investing, but you know it sounds like they're maybe on on the outside looking in you know, and I don't know like it's somebody that posted on you know on social media, so yeah and i would say the biggest
1: way to mitigate your risk with syndication is to you know make sure you're vetting the sponsors you want somebody yeah. with a proven huh. tracker and is has high integrity and uh, you know you can expect that they're going to do what they say they're going to do
0: yep yep and to diversify into different assets mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you know you don't need to you don't need to buy you don't need to say hey i've got $300,000 sitting around and i'm going to do one deal with that $300,000 no Take, take that three hundred thousand and do six deals you know invest 50 grand into each one of them or invest you know 75 you know into four of them or whatever it is yep so cool
1: anything else uh no I think that's it for today kind of two uh topics all in one you know Airbnb yeah. and, and uh syndication
0: yeah well cool uh not really related to each other either <laughs> yeah
1: oh well all
0: right man well have a fantastic rest of the day. Make it every day Saturday. Thanks to you as well. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, so I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to ventured properties.com venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication and i've got some data points in there some really good stuff for you so i'd love to have you take a look at that it's free i'm not expecting anything from it